Hey, it's Freddy Cruz. And just over two years ago, 10 people died and more than 200 were injured at the Astroworld Festival here in Houston, Texas. One of the victims was Madison Dubisky. In her early 20s, she had a bright future ahead of her, including a career in real estate. The loved ones Madison left behind started the Pink Bows Foundation in her honor. During this episode, I'm joined by the Foundation's Executive Director, Peter Remington. We talk about how the Foundation is advocating for stricter safety protocols at entertainment venues and what they're doing to help create safer environments so that what happened in 2021 never happens again. Learn more at pinkbowsfoundation.org. Hi, I'm Ed Sheeran. This is Bruno Mars. Hey, it's Katy Perry. This is your man Flo Rida with Freddie Cruz. This is AJ Mitchell with Freddie Cruz. Freddie Cruz. Freddie Cruz. Cruz. Let's go pick Mr. 305 and you already know what it is. My name is Freddie and it's time to cruise through HTX. Thank you for, for taking your time to allow me to talk about the Pink Bows Foundation because uh, it is a organization that was formed after Madison Dubisky lost her life at the Travis Scott Astroworld concert in, in, in 21. After that happened, there was a huge outpouring of love for Madison from her peers and, and friends and so forth and so on. Pink was showing up everywhere to the point where it became viral and you saw pink bows and other places in Texas. You saw it in Arkansas. You actually saw it in Italy and France and London. And um, pink bows are showing up everywhere just to support what happened uh, here in Houston, which that actually should never have happened in Houston. Oh, absolutely. And you would think with all the protocols, I mean, think about how big the rodeo is and how long we've been doing things like the rodeo. One would sort of infer that, well, you know, that system's in place. Why don't we model if we're going to have a festival like this, why don't we talk to the people who organize the infrastructure for that? It seems like, well, first of all, common sense is a very lacking attribute for a lot of people nowadays. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, just, just to even ask that question of how to put it together. I mean, you're right. The rodeo goes up. It's out there for six weeks. Uh, the rodeo is, out, is not without flaw. I mean, they had that one Ferris wheel accident a long time ago. But after 75 or 90 years of being in business, it's, it's risk ratio is very, very low, right? This particular situation, you just threw something up and, uh, it wasn't ready. It didn't have any safety protocols uh, aligned with it, although people inspected it, but the inspection was not as strong as it should have been. So here we are just over two years after the incident at Astroworld Festival. And what kind of progress has been made with regards to ensuring that the safety protocols are in place, not just for shows that are here in Houston, but uh, you're talking about a global impact that that Madison has had. So um, what is what has been done to to sort of further the safety protocols? Well, it's interesting because obviously we're not new to this uh, over in Europe, whether it be England, Spain, Italy, when they have their football matches, their soccer matches. I mean, people do get trampled and trampled to death. We've seen that on the news. So they've been looking at their own safety protocols. And we've actually had the opportunity to talk to somebody from England who has been very involved in increasing their safety protocols at their stadiums. Unfortunately, here, you know, it's a here is like, let's risk until it happens. Right. So, you know, if it, let's just pretend that that's that situation over there is not going to happen. Let's just pretend. But should it happen, then we'll fix it. And tell everybody how great we are fixing it, right? But you could have fixed it and prevented the problem to start with. And so the movement is, first of all, the movement is loud. 
people are hearing it, they're understanding it. When we talk to people about it, about it, um, whether it be concert venues, they all agree. But there's one thing that's mightier than safety: money. And yeah. so that's the whole thing. And you know, safety protocols haven't changed at venues or, or anywhere across the United States probably in the last three to four decades. So back when you know you would have a concert or, a, or a, a, an event of some sort, they'd say, okay, I need one security guy per thousand people. Well, maybe in today's world, because concerts are much more aggressive than they used to be, and the kids are more aggressive about it and so forth, especially after the pandemic, when they were all penned up in their homes, you know, just release all that energy. But, um, you know, maybe you need to have four security guards per thousand people instead of just one. That still and seems low. It does seem low, doesn't it? But, you know, it's, it's, but that's what you may think. But if you have, if you have 50,000 people, and times one is 50 security guys. So you see a bunch of yellow shirts walking around. But if you do it times four, that's 200 security guys. And and I'm not talking about just security people. I'm not talking about going to uh, someplace and grabbing somebody off the street and giving him 15 bucks an hour and wearing a yellow uh, vest and call him security because they give him a 20-minute shakedown on what security protocols are supposed to be and what their job is. Uh, I'm talking about professional security people, people that know exactly how to handle a crowd. You know, uh, we've all seen the videos of what happened at Astroworld with the kids rushing through the um, the gates, the uh, the uh, electronic controls, make sure you're not carrying guns or knives and all that. But they busted right through that. They busted down the fence and ran through the fence and so forth. And you know, if that was Bush International Airport. Guns would have been drawn, planes would have been grounded, and the place would have been evacuated and stopped. But here, they let the concert go on. To your point, if that were to happen at Bush Intercontinental Airport, all those people would be locked up, but not before being roughed up and probably <laughs> slammed against the concrete, uh, shoved through windows, and and yeah, that's just um, that's bringing back some painful memories, man. But the other thing too is that when we're talking about a process of of ensuring that everybody is safe at a concert, um, it is more than just training somebody for twenty minutes, watching a video, whatnot, right. putting a yellow shirt on them that says security. Um, it's more than having a few cops out there too. And I think that the other that maybe the gut reaction will be like, well, do we really need? 20 cop cars or however many cop cars will, I mean, we can get by with it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, um, all these venues, whether it be NRG or Minute Maid or the Toyota center or any concert venue out there, uh, they set up for a concert. It gets set up pretty much the same way for all their concerts. They have, you know, a cookie cutter thing for, um, one artist into another artist and how they want to position everything. And so then the uh, inspectors go by and say, okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. But there are some things that aren't really inspected properly. For example, if there is a mosh pit and the mosh pit is supposed to be uh, 20 feet from the stage to the next row of chairs. Sometimes it's only 15 feet because it doesn't get measured, but it just says there's the mosh pit. Right. So that 
but they sell the same amount of tickets for that mosh pit. And so in other words, you're supposed to have X amount of square footage for each individual at, at a show. And if you short it by 50, by five feet, well, then that X amount of square footage tightens up. So it makes it a little bit more claustrophobic, makes it a little bit more scary, makes it a little bit more, you know, hypertension and all that good stuff that causes problems. So I feel, and what we want to try to accomplish with Bose Foundation, and we have, I want to say we have two protocols that we're looking at. One is our safety initiative, our safety protocols, which is doing what I'm about ready to tell you more about. And the other one is our safe space. So let me finish about safety protocols. The yeah. safety protocol, so there, there's that. There's wires that are on the floor that aren't covered properly. There are maybe the aisles in between chairs um, for reasons to leave are not wide enough. All the different things that we got to make sure that are being done because the promoter wants to sell seats. Mm-hmm. Wants this, you know, have many more seats. You know, if they have a um hypothetically, all right. I'm not saying that I know this for fact, but think about it. If it was if your space was supposed to be 15 feet from the stage, yet yet you're selling a bunch of front row seats for two thousand dollars a seat. Well, what do you do? You shorten that distance of the mosh pit by five feet and you get two more rows of seats. So those two more rows of seats at a thousand or two thousand dollars a seat is a boatload of money. Safety yes, protocol. Boom. Out the door. The other thing is, is um we are we're looking to create what we'd like to call Maddie's Law, which will we have an independent third party, somebody who is not attached to the revenue of the concert that walks the perimeter and walks the interior of the venue, making sure all everything is what it's supposed to be, number one. And number two, they have the ability to throw the switch and turn on the lights should something happen. Should it, you know, should the fit hit the shan, <laughs> that also you could throw on the lights and that would just calm everything down. People go, whoa, what's happened here? Mm-hmm. Now it doesn't mean cancel the show, it means postpone the show until the situation is resolved, all right? We've also worked with some very innovative uh, emerging technology, such as a company called Crush Cushion, where they put cushions on the front barriers and that the cushion is there. So if there's too much pressure against the cushion that lights behind the cushion that the security people can see goes from uh, yellow, orange to red. Red is when the pressure is getting way out of control and there's a problem in that sector of the concert. And then there's uh, wristbands that people can push if there's um, problems going on in their area. All sorts of different things we can do and enhance the ability to use a cell phone in a venue. Maybe some sort of internal cell phone operator, let's say, that is not attached to the AT&Ts and and T-Mobiles of the world, because everybody's videoing and texting and all the other things, that when you use your regular phone, you can't get a signal. This would be an, an, a third-party signal that people could use to to report things that are going on in a much faster manner. You're reminding me of some of the video that had gone viral on the internet following the incident at Astroworld Festival. And that's where there were there were some kids that were climbing one of the Oh, I guess you would call it a rafter or maybe one of the perches where the video camera was. And they're right. trying to tell them, hey, this is happening over here. Can you please? And the, the video camera is just 
focused. He's in he's in that flow state, Peter. He's working. He's a man on a mission, and he's he doesn't have time for these kids. You know what? What are the what do these kids know? Um, but it 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 behooves us following something like this to ensure that yeah, there is a third party out there because how how did the how was the camera guy supposed to know because everyone's jacked up on whatever it's high energy they're probably also high on whatever else and so there was probably no way for him to really know that that peter and freddie were actually reporting something that was happening on the ground um so it it really would help to have that third party sort of system that would make sure that hey um camera guys we're going to do this because there's an incident happening about 50, 75 feet away. Yeah, I mean, we're, we wouldn't even talk to, you know, the idea is they wouldn't even talk to the camera guy. When it got to that level of concern, the third party would just be able to throw the switch and, and turn on the lights and, you know, stop the showdown right then and there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a camera guy is a camera guy. And he gets a lot of people climbing up his scaffolding for a better view and doing all these things. And, and uh, you can hear people in the video saying, you know, stop the show, stop the show and so forth. Yeah, the, guy, the camera guy could have done something and been been a hero in one way, but in the other sense, you know, his his thing his deal was to film the the concert, and that was not his responsibility in his mind. And who has the courage to, you know, stop Travis Scott and the whole group going on? Imagine yeah. being the guy to throw that. It's yeah. Like, so there's a lot of paranoia going on for the employees that work with the venue and with the show and with the promotion company and, and so forth. So it, that, that is difficult. That's why we need the independent, not, not attached to the revenue, independent third party that gets paid X amount of dollars to walk the line and, and do everything they're supposed to do and throw the switch when they need to. Um, and we just saw an incident down there in Brazil where the young girl, she died of heat exhaustion. I mean, she was just had the problem down there with Brazil, the Taylor Swift concert. But Taylor Swift even you know, said, hey, well, they need water. They need water up here. And they kind of slowed down the show. Even you can see Taylor Swift as hot as could be uh, doing her show, but she slowed it down. People like Adele have stopped the show. People like uh, Styles have stopped his show and just said, hey, let's calm down over here. Let's get this thing back back in order there's there is a you know a certain responsibility i think that everybody at any venue whether it be the promoter the artist or the venue has to protect the participants that are paying money to go see them that they were go to have a great time and then come out alive yeah because the last thing anybody is expecting when they go to a show like this is to experience some kind of harm yeah. to get killed to have one of their family members, one of their friends, coworker yeah. get hurt or killed. If yeah. you're a parent at home, you want to hear all about it. You want to be getting upset at your teenager for coming home 30 minutes, 45 minutes past curfew. Well, that better be a damn good show if you're coming home that late. And the last thing you expect yeah. is to get the phone call from the hospital saying that your kid has been injured or worse. Or worse, yes. And yeah. you know, we, we talk about the 10 victims. And Pink Bow's foundation is about the 10 victims. It's also about the 2,500 plus surviving victims. Oh, the yeah. Didn't lose their lives, but had broken ribs, broken arms, broken this, you know, stepped on and, and so forth. And, and then you have the other victims that just have the anxiety problem of being caught up in that pressure 
uh, being you know uh, pushed around and not being able to control what's going on for themselves. So that, if I may, is a segue into our safe space. Mm-hmm. Because the safe space is a it is a it's called the pink bow safe space. It is a twenty by thirty foot pink tent. You can't miss it. We were down at the uh, Bayou City Arts Festival. Uh, just recently, and then we're up in Conroe at another concert. We're going to be at a uh, third show coming up. And what it does is the place for people that when they're starting to feel ang- anxious and they're ha- starting to have some mental anxiety and just not feeling comfortable inside themselves, they can leave and come to our tent and sit down, have a glass of water. It's furnished. They can relax. It's out of the crush crowd. It's out of the the, the noise and so forth. And we will have licensed mental specialists there to talk to the individuals, you know, just to get them back in shape with, with you know, what's going on in your life. Why are you having these feelings? You know, I don't know what type of questions they ask, but they, um, uh, it's just a, pay, a, a, a safe space for people to go. And again, you would think that something like this would already sort of be in place. We've got mosh pits. <laughs> for the love of Pete, uh, we've got marsh pits, which is the exact polar opposite of of what you're talking about with the safe space where people can go if they're feeling, you know, oh, overwhelmed. And let me tell you, man, I've been to my fair share of festivals. There was one at Eleanor Tinsley Park uh, a few years back, and it made me never, ever, ever want to go back to a festival again in my entire life. I'd I could die a happy man knowing that I'd never go back because, I mean, the crowds are overwhelming. And I don't even think it's so much that I'm old. I mean, I'm old, but it's just uh, when when there are a lot of people, man, and and especially post-COVID, uh, things are, people are still on on edge. Um, and yeah. we'd, be, we'd be fools to, to say that things are not different. Think about this too. You go to a venue and they have first aid stations well first aid stations for cuts and bruises and blah 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 but if you go in there and saying i'm having an anxious moment or i'm feeling overwhelmed get out of my tent this is for cuts and bruises they have no place to go yeah and that's what safe space is all about they can come to our place the people with the cuts and bruises don't can't come to our tent because we, we're not uh, medical personnel so we'll send them to the first aid tent and the first aid tent could send those people that are having that anxious moment you could, they could send them to our tent and we can help calm them down and give them a place to to relax. So that's those are the two things that we look for the most. But um, it's a long road. I mean, I, I, I liken it to, uh, I'm sorry for all the female listeners um, uh, when I say football, but the NFL started working on concussions and they started working on concussions 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't up until about, two years ago that they really got involved in helping the players with concussions, with new helmets and all this. So it took some time for the NFL to make something happen. We're not looking to have it take 14 years because this is, this happens immediately. And we're talking about lives, not concussions. And so we're, we're pushing as hard as we can. We have uh, great people that are going to be talking to uh, folks in Austin at the, at the Capitol there in Austin to see what we can do to get this, law passed where we can have better security protocols for our concert goers for our children for our friends and neighbors and that is maddie's law so is this something that it's you've already got drafted or is it something that is going to be drafted or it's already done and it's going to head to the next session which starts early next year 
yes, yes, and yes. So right. there is something that's already been drafted. It's not called Maddie's Law. It's, okay. it's been drafted. We would like to have it called Maddie's Law, just like the Amber Alert. Um, but uh, it's already been drafted. Some ideas have already been sent up to Capitol Hill. Uh, we had little involvement in it. Um, you know, we had some words to say in it, but it's it wasn't done by the Pink Bose Foundation. But in the future, we'd love to have it called Maddie's Law or even the Showstopper's Law, whatever it may be to stop a sh- stop the show down so that people can regroup and get their senses back together. We're friends. It's unfortunate, however, that we're talking under these circumstances because in a perfect world, you will be telling me about this amazing human who I just have to talk to on my podcast. Her name is Madison Dubisky, and she has worked with dozens of nonprofits before even graduating high school. And I'd have, and I'd say, yeah, you know what, Peter, let's get her on my show. And that's unfortunately not the case. We've got this foundation that was created in her honor because of what she stood for in her short lifespan. And um, we really are looking forward to, to seeing what kind of progress can be made when it comes to safety at these shows and festivals in the future and hopefully near future, not just in 10, 15 years. Yeah, she was the type of girl, and I'm glad you mentioned that, is that Madison Dubisky, while she was in high school, had 500 hours of charity work that she was able to do while being a high schooler, being a cheerleader, uh, just all around queen of the prom type girl. She had a huge smile. Uh, She was getting herself ready to get into the real estate business. And, um, uh, you know, it was just a life that was tragically cut short and who knows what madison could have been in the future and all the other nine children as well could have been in the future and they did a toxic report and um only one individual had any sort of illegal drug in them out of the 10. so it wasn't like they were revved up themselves or anything like that they were just victims of the situation and it was an unfortunate situation so yes i would be saying you got it because we are friends i would say freddie you got to talk to this girl she's yeah. one she's got a smile that lights up a room and she's got big beautiful blonde hair and all the things that are great about her you know that would have been how i would have positioned positioned madison dubisky to you absolutely well we're going to carry on the legacy and we're going to get a lot of people to uh get to know the pink bows foundation yeah. and uh, i really appreciate you taking the time to share her story and share the story of what you all are doing well i appreciate you sharing your time with us as well so thank you very very much Hey, it's me. I'm back with a quick little nudge. If you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did putting it together for you, then please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to the newsletter at cruisethroughhtx.com and share with your family and friends. Thank you.